Please stand as you are able for today's New Testament lesson found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Estaban de visita en Jerusalén judíos piadosos, procedentes de todas las naciones de la tierra. Al oír aquel bucillo, se agolparon y quedaron todos pasmados, porque cada uno los escuchaba hablar en su propia idioma. Desconcertados y maravillados, decían, ¿No son galileos todos estos que están hablando? ¿Cómo es que cada uno de nosotros los oye hablar en su lengua materna? Partos, Medos, Ilámitas, habitantes de Mesopotamia, de Judía, de Capadocia, de Ponto y de Asia, de Frigia, de Panfilia, de Egipto y de las regiones de Libia cercanas a Sirene, visitantes llegados de Roma, judíos y proselitos, cristianos y árabes. Todos por igual los oímos proclamar en nuestra propia lengua las maravillas de Dios. Desconcertados y perplejos, se preguntaban, ¿qué quiere decir esto? Otros se burlaban y decían, lo que pasa es que están borrachos. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Brother Raul, for such a powerful reading of our scripture. Thank you so much. That was truly a blessing. Well, friends, welcome to week seven of our sermon series, Kindred Hearts, where tonight we are blessed to worship together and hear the word of God as we explore the birth of the church. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. God, thank you so much, Lord, for allowing me to be your messenger this evening. Ooh. Lord, I feel your power and your presence. I feel your spirit burning within me. My feet are on fire. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, use me to deliver your word. Holy Spirit, preach it, teach it. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. We, your children, are listening. 
God, open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and our eyes to see and our mind to comprehend as we celebrate the gift of the birth of the church. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Forgive me. I've got to come out of my shoes. <laughs> my feet are on fire. And um, I mean, they're really hot, y'all. Seriously. Um, and I feel like that was probably the most, you know, decent item that I could step out of right now. So, <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. The gospel according to Luke dramatizes the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, and the giving of the Spirit as separate events. Jesus was crucified at Passover time. He ascended 40 days after his resurrection, and the Holy Spirit came 50 days after the resurrection and 10 days after the ascension of Jesus. So Luke starts chapter two, first of all, they have to have 12 apostles. Remember there's 11 because of Judas. So for Luke in Luke one, they established the 12, they cast lots and then now they have the 12 and now Luke proceeds to describe the descent of the Holy Spirit. So the scripture starts when the day of Pentecost had came, had come, they were all together in one place. Now something always happens if you notice throughout scripture when they're all in one place. Every time the disciples are in one place, in an enclosed place, something powerful happens. Remember they were in a closed place and then it said suddenly, Jesus appears, right? So we know when he says they're all in one place that something powerful, phenomenal is getting ready to happen. All of a sudden we have the 12 and the 120, I'm assuming. They're in this enclosed place and then scripture tells us and suddenly, I told you that word was coming and suddenly from heaven, there comes a sound like the rush a violent wind and it fills the entire house where they were sitting. Oh, I wish I was there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I just, woo, I wish I was there. Just sitting there and then woo, boom, shoo, you know, woo. I would have been right there and just, oh yes, Jesus. And just to receive, oh, that power. And then scripture says, the sound. See, when God, I like that when God makes a grand entrance, you know, it's not sometimes just like this, but God is loud, right? And God makes this loud, audible sound. And everybody, and before they could probably catch their breath good, scripture says, then here comes these flaming tongues of fire just everywhere. And they land on each one of them. Woo, that was a lot of tongues. <laughs> Jews from all over the nation are gathered together because Pentecost is not something new to them. 
Pentecost has two probably significant meanings. So first of all, before they received the Holy Spirit, Pentecost is a festival and it's known as the festival of wheats. And so basically in Leviticus 23, you remember they, the Israelites have been in slavery. Now they went through the Exodus and now they're beginning to set the laws. They've got the Ten Commandments. And now Moses is going up to the mountain and God is talking to Moses and telling Moses to come back and give these instructions to the people. So the festival of the wheat harvest in Leviticus 23 is where they're learning to grow the fruits. And so they're supposed to take the grain of the first and give it as a burnt offering to God. So that's fire. So it's not amazing, but it is amazing, I guess, that God uses fire <laughs> in Pentecost when he comes in this enclosed place. Remember John the Baptist said in Luke 3 and 16, he says, "Woo! right now you're being baptized by water, but someone is coming and you're going to be baptized with fire. And he already talked about this fire that was coming. And then the prophet Joel says in Joel 2, 28 and 29, when he talks about this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, so here is God's presence and it's being experienced by them visually and audibly, this manifestation of God's Ruach and then of this fire. And throughout scripture, we always hear about fire. You remember every time when God is present, when he's talking to one of his, he's always fire somewhere. You got the burning bush, you got the fire of the burnt offering, it's always fire. You remember the pillar of fire that kept, gave them light when they traveled at night. So everywhere there was God, there was fire. So fire symbolizes God's purifying presence that God is in the place. Not just through the wind. You don't just hear God, you're gonna feel God. You're gonna see God in the fire. You're gonna feel him in the wind. And then scripture says, so they have these tongues. Now the tongue symbolizes speech and the communication of good news. Now this is powerful right here. You got the 120 and the 12, they're closed in, the wind has come, here's the fire, and then scripture says they began to speak. They began to speak in an unknown tongue. They began to speak in a language, but catch this, you have to catch it, it's a language that they don't even know. So this is nothing that they've studied. They are all speaking in a language that is unknown to them. But here is where the power of the Holy Spirit comes into play. They're speaking in the Spirit and through the Spirit, yet the Holy Spirit is so powerful that when they speak, they're enclosed in the people outside the wall can hear and not only hear what they're saying, but they understand it in their native tongue. That is how the power of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is powerful. 
and the Holy Spirit like Jesus, like God, it all has a purpose and God's salvific plan. It all goes together. In our text today, the meaning of Pentecost is God equipping his church, his church. Let me say that again. God is equipping not your church, my church, their church, our church, but God is equipping his church, his people with his spirit. Meaning that the church is because of God, the church is to glorify God, the church is about God, the church is for God. And wait a minute, not just, the, not just equipping his church and his people with his spirit, but so that he is glorified. Not just a place to have a Holy Ghost time, y'all, but a place where we have a Holy Ghost time is in the spirit, but we're talking about God. In every nation, <laughs> See, God had a plan all along. God wanted a church all along. You can call it what you want to. He had church with Adam and Eve. He had church with Abraham. He had church with Noah. All through here, God had a plan for a church. For people on one accord, serving him, loving him, and worshiping him to be together and to serve him in spirit and in truth and to go out and to tell others. God's plan started with the Israelites in Old Testament. But what they didn't know is that it was bigger than them. See, stuff has to start somewhere but it won't stay there. When it's God, it can't stay there. God, as I tell y'all, is a mover and a shaker, okay? God gets around, baby. So God's plan was bigger than the Jews. God's church was bigger than the sanctuary, than the physical house that they came to. God's church is bigger than that. You see, God's plan was so powerful that God's plan was intended for all nations. Let me break it down to you like this. In Genesis 10, it tells us about Noah's descendants. Noah's three sons and they had wives and they had children, had children, children, children. And then scripture tells us at the end, and they therefore went out among the nations. And see, now these same nations, they're back for Pentecost. They're coming back thinking it's the same old routine. We're going to bring our grains. We're going to give our offering for the festival of wheat. Yes, for our harvest. God, we brought you the first of our harvest. Hallelujah. Same old thing. But God's plan was time to be fulfilled. And God said, Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> and just like that, 
the Holy Spirit ushers in. Now you have to understand the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So let's give us, I'm just gonna do something. I'm gonna tie it all together here. Okay. God the Father sent God's Son. Jesus did his thing when he came as a baby and he grew up and he taught in the synagogues and he read the scrolls and he preached and he teached and he healed, he resurrected, he baptized, he rebuked, he did exorcisms, he did his thing when he was here walking among us. Scripture tells us in John that when he walked among us, he showed us how to live, how to love and how to act. As children of God, he extended an invitation to come on, y'all, jump on board, repent. I am here. The time is not near. I'm here. Let's get it. Come on. Be with me. But when Jesus' time was up, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled because I'm going, but when I go, I will send back to you my spirit. The spirit of the Father will come back to you. He will be your advocate, your friend. He said, I will not leave you orphan. The Holy Spirit is the next part of God's plan. So now, think about what's happening. They filled with the Spirit. And let me explain something to you. Being baptized in the Spirit and being filled in the Spirit is two different things. When you baptize in the Spirit, hallelujah, woo, you've had a moment. But when you're filled in the Spirit, you move, you groove, you talk, you share, you give, you love. You do things that you are not strong enough, educated enough, or any of that to do on your own. When you're filled with the Spirit, baby, you can make mountains move, people bow down. Doors open, doors close. And what happens, the people on the outside get to experience what's happening on the inside. They must be drunk, they full of wine. You know how they talk about us when they say we crazy? Cause you know, we don't act like everybody else acts so we probably a little off or crazy or something wrong with us. I've been called all that before, you know, but what happens is those 120, they gonna leave that place. The 12 are gonna leave that place. We got the Bible, we know the story. They go out into every nation proclaiming the good news. The church has been born. The church, not in the walls, outside the walls, on the street corners, in the alleys, in the cuts, in the poor places, in the bad places, in the grand places, everywhere. The Spirit has went forth and empowered these disciples to go and spread the good news. Well, what I love about the church, we see the red, it's beautiful. It's a reminder that you are alive. It's a reminder that the Spirit ain't just on these pyramids. It's a reminder that the Spirit is in you. It's a reminder that the Spirit is working within you. It's a reminder that you are part of the plan. It's a reminder that you are the church. 
And the church's birth is not one time, it's two, three, four, five, six, twelve, a thousand, fifteen, whatever you want to call it. We can rebirth over and over again. Think about your own call story. When you came to Jesus, when you had your rebirth, but it didn't stop there because when you were filled with the Holy Spirit, you didn't stay in elementary Sunday school. You moved up and you moved up and you stepped out and you stepped out and you stepped out and you stepped out and you you looked out and you ran back. Think about all the things that you've done. The Holy Spirit will keep you quiet. The Holy Spirit will say, not right now. Be quiet. Time to go. Let's roll. Let's do it. Whatever the Holy Spirit does to you, we are the church. And it don't stop. This is, this is not a one-time thing, though. We only do red for Pentecost. Pentecost is every day. That's how I live. Pentecost every day for me. Because I believe that the Spirit dwells within us. I'm going to close with this. When we're called by God and we answer the call and we're baptized in the water, then we're baptized in the Spirit, then eventually we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we fill with the Spirit, it's bigger than us. Amen. Church, when I gave my life to God, I gave my life to God because I knew that God was the only help that I had and that I needed, especially when my grandmothers went home to be with them. I was sad, I was alone, but I knew what they taught me and they taught me about God. And I remember my grandmother said, you have not because you ask not. She said, if you desire the spirit, you ask God for the spirit. So at 12 years old, I was asking God for the spirit. I was praying for the spirit. And when I got baptized at 12 and I got baptized at this church and this pastor got up talking crazy. And I said, I took my little backpack and I left church that day because that pastor was crazy. And I was 12 years old, but the spirit said, get your strawberry shortcake backpack and get up out of here. And I got out of there and I walked seven blocks up the hill by myself on a Sunday to my grandmama's house. And I was ready. She would have whooped me or whatever. I didn't care because I was getting out of there. And here I am today. The Holy Spirit ain't done with me yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Though my chapter here at Brentwood is coming to an end for now. I'm going to keep saying that in Jesus' name. God, you hear me up there? For now, in Jesus' name, it's not the end. As Shelby told me earlier this evening, God is just birthing me into something different, somewhere else, another church. It's our time to be together. It's not over. The church can have a rebirth. When one thing closes, God already has something else in store and lined up. Brentwood, God has some amazing things in store for you. 
I know you're grieving about Saturday, but God has heard your cry. I don't know how God's gonna work it out, Brent Wood, but what I do know is the spirit is still alive. It's alive in you, the church is in you, baby. You are the church, you the church woken, talking, you're the church. Regardless of what day, what time you have service, service should be all the time because you are the church and the spirit is in you. So don't be identified and confined to a date and a time and a building and a place. The church is you. You are the church. We are the church. We're the walking church, baby, because the spirit is within us. So friends, I love you. I am so grateful for this opportunity. Forgive me for taking off my shoes, but this is just what I do sometimes when I get out there. The Holy Spirit's got me on fire, but I leave you and I tell you that I love you so much. My heart loves you so much. We'll always be family. You will always be my family because you have a holy mark in my heart. And I pray that I have one in yours. The same way you all tell me how much I've transformed you and all of that, you've done the same for me. So I leave you with my blessing. I know good things are in store. I'm gonna be peeping around and online and looking at stuff, keeping up with Brentwood a little bit. Don't tell the bishop though, okay? But I'm just gonna be in here trying to see what Brentwood is doing and prayerfully. Clark and Brentwood, maybe, hopefully, prayerfully, can do some things together because the church is alive and active. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. <laughs>